Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bull Take Scouting Podcast. First, uh, we're we're going to be letting you know about some some big news that that broke today is that the NFL Draft is planning on being a fully big in person event. Uh, uh, March 29th is the date that Ohio uh, residents, all adults are eligible to receive the COVID vaccine. So they anticipate most people in attendance to have the vaccine and thus deem it safe to really make it almost like a normal draft. So what are your initial thoughts on that? I mean, that's just great news. Um, I know the NFL did everything they could with the draft last year when it went, you know, all virtual and it was weird. Um, it, it wasn't the same kind of draft thrill I think of, you know, seeing all the players in the green room, um, having them walk across the stage. Um, I don't think they'll be shaking Roger Goodell's hand, um, but it will still bring somewhat normalcy back to the NFL draft. Um, so that's just just great to hear. I love seeing the players' faces in the green room, whether they're stuck there or, you know, maybe they, they're surprised that they got picked. Um, so it's just great news all around. I totally agree. I'm really looking forward to it. And that is really almost a month away. So today's episode, we're going to be breaking down some of the recent rumors and reports that we've heard from uh, insiders around the uh, NFL draft media. And so do you want to start off with a really interesting report from uh, Adam Schefter a few days ago? Yeah. So, I mean, Schefter came out and he said that, um, you know, lock it in. Four QBs will be going in the top six or seven picks. And that's just I think there was there was an idea that that could happen, um, but you know, with Schefter saying it and not just saying it nonchalantly, he said, you know, lock it in, take it to the bank. Four QBs will go in the top six or seven picks, and that to me, that's just four QBs in the top six or seven picks is a lot. But I mean, it really shows you the importance of the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, I I almost struggled to wrap my head around this rumor because I think that. We were really looking at, so first of all, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. You can already write that in. Everything points to Zach Wilson going at number two to the Jets. Then Miami at three, people are really thinking wide receiver. For the Falcons, it's really looking like they're going to be picking a quarterback, maybe Justin Fields or maybe Trey Lance. Um, I, we know that Tony Pauline from uh, Pro Football Network said that they are probably going to be taking a quarterback at number four, but then – at number five, we know the Bengals are not taking a quarterback. And then at, at six, that I guess that's really where we, we were scratching our heads because this that's the Eagles picking at six. And we thought when, when they traded away Carson Wentz, all right, they're probably going to bring in competition. They might pick somebody at sixth overall. But re- recent reports have said that Jeffrey Lurie has really urged the coaching staff to not bring in competition and to really dedicate this offseason to developing Jalen Hurts. So I, I kind of in the past couple of weeks wrote that wrote them off for a quarterback. And now we're hearing that there's going to be four in the top six or seven. And I don't think Detroit's going to be taking one at seven. So do you think that the fourth one, assuming quarterbacks go one, two and four, do you think the fourth one is going to be the Eagles or maybe a team like the Panthers trading up into this top six or seven? Because that's an option, too. Well, so I'm glad you brought that up about a, a team possibly trading up. Um a, a report that I saw uh, probably a little over a week ago um, from Benjamin Albright, who, as you know, we know, and I don't know if everyone else knows, he's a very reliable reporter. Um, if you look at the mock drafts, um, a few websites have you know lists of mock draft accuracy, and Albright was second last year, um, and he was like sixth or seventh the year before. So he's accurate. He has great rumors. Um, if you just look at 
um, his history with the Broncos, you know, he he basically listed out what they were going to do in free agency. So I'm just saying all that to show you, you know, he's reliable. Check his Twitter. Um, it's really great. So um, on the 12th, actually, he said that he thinks the team will have to trade up to pick three to take Trey Lance. Um, so pick three obviously would be the Dolphins pick. Um, and so, you know, I, I take everything Albright says as – something seriously in consideration. So to me, that means that means one of two things, right? That means one, Trey Lance is really high on everyone's board, um, higher than, you know, the media might think. Um, so, you know, he's not going to fall very far and the Falcons are probably going to take a QB. So teams will have to leapfrog them. So to me, that means the Falcons like Trey Lance. And if Lance is there at four, the Falcons will take him. So to me, that means Lance's four might be pick four with the Falcons, which is kind of crazy knowing that he he sat out, he played one game, and that was his worst game um, of his of his college career. And I don't really count that too much, but, you know, NFL teams do. So that was really interesting report for me. Yeah, I really think that uh, we got to start thinking about the potential of Trey Lance going forth overall to the Falcons because, first of all, the situation, we everyone – really knows that Trey Lance is, is he's a one-year FCS starter. He really needs to sit a full year to develop. They have Matt Ryan. So for them, they might not be, as a, as a general consensus, we might be knocking down Trey Lance because, okay, he needs to sit a year. When you're Atlanta and your quarterback is Matt Ryan and he's going to be the starter in 2020, you can cast away the fact that Trey Lance really can't be rushed in because you won't be rushing him in any way. And then I want to bring up a couple reports from Daniel Jeremiah. Well, the first one is not really a report. In his, I know in his mock drafts, he's been slotting in Trey Lance at number four to the Falcons. And Jeremiah is a very reliable reporter. So even if it's just a mock draft, when I see that, I mean, I do take attention. And then he also said recently that the Patriots are thinking about are, are really high on on Justin Fields. And if you were to slip into the latter portion of the top 10, they might make a move up. And we can talk about that one separately later, later, but it might also be a little hint that Trey Lance might be going ahead of Justin Fields. So I think I think there's there's a lot of if you really connect the dots, there's some potential for for Trey Lance to actually go fourth overall to the Falcons ahead of Justin Fields. And then if that were to happen, would you think that what do you think the Eagles would do if they've got Either honestly, either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. What are you sensing from the reports we've seen, and and especially the recent reports saying that Jeffrey Leary, the old the owner, has urged them to stick with Jalen Hurts? What are you sensing on what the Eagles may be doing? So there's there's really two ways to look at this Eagles situation. All the insiders, you know, all the reporters have been saying Eagles are really interested in the quarterback. Um, so from looking at what they say, I'm I would expect them to look heavily into quarterbacks. Then recently, Jeffrey Lurie came out in support of Jalen Hurts. You can look at this two ways. You can look at it as, okay, this guy likes Jalen Hurts and he's supporting him, or the Eagles are worried about teams jumping up ahead of them. So you get your owner out there talking support for your starting quarterback. That might make teams calm down a little and say, okay, maybe we don't necessarily have to leapfrog the Eagles because they're not going to go a quarterback. There's no way to know what's going on. To me, I personally am going to go with, um, the the latter with they're trying to hide the fact that they are interested in, in a quarterback. Um, but I think my opinion on that might change a little bit because um, they, they did bring in um, Joe Flacco. Um, I don't know if they brought him in yet for like a workout or whatever, um, or I know they're planning on it at least. 
So I think if if they end up signing him, to me that means they're going to stick with Hurts because you're not going to bring in Joe Flacco, sign Flacco, have Hurts, and draft a quarterback. To me, that's too much. Yeah, honestly, people might people might not really be thinking too hard about bringing in Joe Flacco for a visit and if they were to sign him, but I I would be surprised if they were to bring in an extra quarterback like a veteran like Joe Flacco and then go draft one. So that could be confirmation of that plan that that's been that that there's been rumors of that they aren't planning to go on a QB number six. So and honestly, there's been so much talk about the Panthers trading up. I know Jason Lacanfora said that they were going to try hard to trade up into. Uh, into the top three and Miami could definitely be a trade partner to, to move down. We, we know they love to acquire picks. So it's difficult to tell if Schefter's report means the, the Eagles are going to be drafting that fourth quarterback, or if the Panthers are going to be drafted are going to be moving up because we also know the, the Panthers love Justin Fields. I know uh, Jordan Rodrigue, one of their beat reporters said that. So there is a scenario even where it's Lawrence one Wilson two, the Panthers move up to three, draft fields and if if atlanta's guy is lance they would be okay with that and then they pick lance fourth so this is just this is this that would be crazy quarterbacks one two three and four so i, I just it, it's an it's an option i'm just throwing it out there from the recent reports we've seen yeah i, I think if i were to bet on a team to move up in the draft it would be the panthers i mean the, they seem to be all in on acquiring quarterback um they were obviously the, the front runner it seemed like they were the front runner of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Um, I don't want to get into that whole situation. Um, we'll let that play out. I don't really want to talk about that because it's a whole, a whole big thing right now. Um, but but that just shows you that they wanted a quarterback bad. And I, I think those reports started coming out that they wanted to trade up. Um, to The the report was the top three. And – I don't think the, the Jaguars are not moving out of one. I highly, highly doubt the Jets will move out of two. I've just seen too many things about them just deciding that Wilson's their guy. Um, they just want some confirmation on that before they trade Sam Darnold. So the top three, the only other option is the Dolphins. Um, so I would not not be surprised at all to see the Panthers move up to number three. Yeah, we, we but I also want to reiterate that we have heard a lot of things that the Panthers love Mac Jones and he would be there at eight for them to take because we've Mike Tannenbaum, former uh, Jets and Dolphins GM said from what he saw and heard of this at the senior ball, where uh, not only did Matt rule the head coach uh, coach Mac Jones all week, but the owner Tepper was there and that's just unprecedented for an owner to be at the senior ball. So it, it it's, it's so tough to really piece together these rumors because if, if it is the case that they're in love with Mac Jones, they wouldn't be looking to trade up. So I'm really intrigued to see, especially the Panthers are definitely a really intriguing team for me. Yeah. To me, it seems like the Panthers are in love with every quarterback. <laughs> I feel like we've, we've heard, yeah, we've I'm, heard each person say, Oh, they love this quarterback. They love that quarterback. They love a quarterback, not named Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Apparently. So, so if we're making our way through, um, Rumors in the top 10 about quarterbacks, obviously Jags, you know, Lawrence, um, Jets, probably I'd say 98% Wilson um, in case something wild comes out about that. Um, We talked about the opportunities of teams to move up to number three. Number four, I know you mentioned Tony Pauline says the Falcons are strongly considering a quarterback. And if I were the Falcons, I would. Um, I talked about this before, but, uh, you know. I would if I was the Falcons, especially with the strength of the QB class. Five, 
I've heard that the Bengals are not going to trade out of their spot. I've heard from multiple people. Um, Matt Miller is the first one that comes to mind, but there's been multiple reporters to say Sewell's the guy at five, assuming he's there. Mm -hmm. Six with the Eagles, we discussed that. Seven with the Lions, I I don't think, um, you know, I don't think they'll be drafting a quarterback this year. However, we've mentioned that the Panthers like um, Justin Fields. Maybe this is a good time to bring in the Patriots rumor that they'd be willing to trade into the back end of the top 10 because this is where I would, this is the only place that I really see the Patriots able to trade into the top 10. I think before it would be way too big of a price to trade up. This seventh spot right here to me is, is the spot where if Fields is there and they want him, they have to trade up there. My guess is if Fields is there at eight, the Panthers will take him. If not, they'll take Mac Jones. I, I really I think that's realistic. Let's say that the Falcons do take Trey Lance, if because that's a possibility. Definitely not – I wouldn't say a probability right now, but sh- a realistic possibility. And then let's say the Eagles are all in on, on, uh, on Jalen Hurts and they go maybe Kyle Pitts, maybe wide receiver – something like that. And then at number seven, Justin Fields still is there. This report from Daniel Jeremiah, who is highly reliable, said that the Patriots are in love with Justin Fields. And if he were to slip the latter portion of the top 10, they might go up and get him. If I think seventh overall is just the perfect fit, because if you also look at what the Lions are doing, it's clear that they want to acquire more picks. They, The GM and the head coach both just got hired this offseason. So they have a, a few years to develop this roster. They can slide down and acquire more picks, especially if they're not looking... Uh, to add a quarterback, and it seems they like they're not. They should trade down to acquire yeah, they, they, yeah, honestly, they, I agree. They should. So I I don't think it's it's a crazy report that the Patriots could come up and get Justin Fields. Because, and because you said that it seems like the Panthers love everyone. Well, maybe they do love Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Maybe they have – they maybe they really they 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 like Fields even more than Jones, but they feel like both are are surefire starting quarterbacks or franchise quarterbacks, and they they don't want to move up and lose draft capital to get one, and they'll take whichever one of the two is there. I I don't understand how you could place Mac Jones on the level of Justin Fields, but right now we're just breaking down these rumors in in terms of how we we think this could really shake up and whether or not they're going to be accurate. So I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on because it, it has never been like Bill Belichick to trade up but it's never been like Bill Belichick to go on a complete spending spree in the first couple days of free agency either. So the aggressiveness we're seeing from Bill Belichick could be mirrored in the draft too, because he really switched his free agency philosophy. He used to wait into the second, third week of free agency and get some of those mid tier level free agents on bargain deals. And now he, he really just went out and and paid top dollar for, for some guys to revamp the, the whole team and especially the offense. So I really think that he, it's not a question that he's he's aggressive and he trades up and goes and gets his his franchise quarterback. And I just want to highlight one more thing is that teams re- know way more than we do. The, the, the NFL draft, the way it usually works is I've heard that teams will ha- know exactly what's happening at every pick on draft day. They go into it knowing exactly, especially in the top 10, I'm sure every team is going to know exactly what's going to happen at each pick. So they will. I'm, I'm sure they will know who the Falcons' guy is. They will know if the Eagles are going quarterback or not. So if, if it does turn out that neither of those teams is going to be picking Justin Fields, they will know that and they can have those negotiations ahead of time with Detroit. So I think, I think this is, this is not, this is not as crazy as it may sound. No. And you know, you brought up having um, the conversations early. 
I know, I remember a story from um, Mike Tannenbaum talking about when the Jets traded up for Darrell Revis um, in 2007. He said he had the negotiations going on for the, the few days before the draft, and they had the deal all in place. They said, uh, I want to say they traded up to, I don't know, seventh or eighth. I, I can't remember. And it was a trade with the Panthers. And they said, all right, we, we've shaken on the deal. If Revis is available at your pick, we're doing the trade. So I would say about 90, probably 98% of the trades um, that are made in the NFL draft in, in the first round or the first half of the first round, um, those are all predetermined. That's, that's not a draft day thing. Um, So yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I, I think the Patriots are definitely probably having preliminary conversations with a team like the Lions at seven. That's the most obvious spot for me. I feel like if Fields gets to eight, the Panthers will take him. Um, the the interesting thing though is if Fields does get to eight and the Panthers do take him, wh- where does Mac Jones go? Because we haven't heard any rumors connecting Mac Jones to any team besides the Panthers. I at least. I- I've heard I've heard Bucky Brooks reiterate so many times that he feels that Mac Jones would be a perfect fit in Washington. But I've also heard that Washington is 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 really thinking that they're out of range of any of these top five quarterbacks. And I saw a report today that they're going they're probably going to be looking at a day two option that's more more of a project if they like the price. And I, I like to uh, bring up Justin's comment right here. Fields will not escape the top ten. I totally agree. I think that it. His floor, his absolute floor, is eight to the uh, pan- to the Panthers, and the Patriots could trade up for him, or he could even go fourth overall to the Falcons. And Justin also says Mac Jones goes second round to the Patriots. I have I have difficulty thinking that he's going to fall to the second round because if if the if this if it's if the Washington football team is sensing that he won't be there at nineteen, and we've really started to hear that he is considered among the the other top four quarterbacks, I think that. He will be going high, but at the same time, as you just brought it up, if the Panthers don't draft him, where is he going to go? I do you do you think New England is interested in him? I don't think so. I think they they signed Cam for another year. I I can't see them signing Cam and then saying in the draft, oh, we'll take Mac Jones, who's the complete opposite of Cam. I, I can't see that happening. I I agree with what you said. I, I think if he does fall, um, I think Washington at nineteen would be a spot where he could go. And then honestly, I would think his floor might be 24 to the Steelers. I think if he's there for the Steelers to take, I mean, they don't have a future quarterback behind Ben Roethlisberger. So I think I'm going to say that Mac Jones' absolute floor um, is probably the Steelers. I, I think that would be fair to say. And let's just, let's move on to another team in the top 10, the Denver Broncos. This is kind of interesting because we really penciled in a cornerback almost his whole draft process so far. And then they went out and signed Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller. And so that's a, that's a really good duo at cornerback. And I'm just going to talk about a few of these rumors of by the, the Broncos. Benjamin Albright has several of them because he does cover the whole league, but he definitely has a, a concentration on the Broncos. He said that the Broncos haven't fallen in love with a quarterback in the draft yet. I think it's, I I agree with that. I think it's so. It's really clear that they're going to give Drew Locke another year, whether or not you agree with that. Um, and he already he said before the the Broncos went in and signed two cornerbacks in free agency that he's not sure the Broncos will be picking a cornerback, and he wouldn't pencil one in there. And it seems like 
after they've done that, that he's really not thinking that way. And, but both him and Jeff Legwold from ESPN, who covers the Broncos specifically, said that a trade down is really a growing possibility. And here's what's really interesting. Benjamin Albright also said a few days ago that the Broncos could go running back round two, or they could even trade back in round one and take Najee Harris. Now that, I mean, I think that's, that's interesting that, that this ninth overall pick could turn into a trade down for Najee Harris. I think a trade down makes so much sense. First of all, I think that they're going to be looking to do that. I don't think the value at number nine is as great as what they could net in by trading back a few picks and getting a, a player probably of the same tier. So what do you think about these reports and and specifically the one about Harris? Well, um, so the one about Harris or going running back in general, either trading back and getting Harris or going running back in round two makes a lot of sense, um, especially after they took – they rescinded the tender they put on Philip Lindsay. So he's now a free agent. I think when I saw that, I was surprised. I'm like, who do they have a running back besides Melvin Gordon, who I would say was average last year? Well, Royce Freeman is the backup now. For now. Okay, but I, I mean, I wouldn't trust Royce Freeman. I agree. Um, so I, I think there's there's some solid running backs in round two. Oh, and I think, you know, Harris is a great option. Um, and he, I I might think about taking him at nine, but I know that that just won't happen in today's NFL. Um, and, you know, I, I understand that. I I just don't know who they would trade back with at nine. I feel like nine's kind of a weird spot because it's it's right after the um, it's right after we expect the four or five quarterbacks to go. So there's going to be talented players to fall, but the most talented players in my opinion are the wide receivers and I don't feel like anyone's going to trade up for a wide receiver. I oh, have go ahead. I had them picking um, Rashawn Slater in my mock draft. I'm gonna, I I think honestly someone could trade up for Slater. Um, because I, people have said that the, the Cowboys could take Slater, um, because an offensive line is actually a need for them. Um, but people just don't expect them to make it to 10. Um, so that's interesting, but I don't know. I, I don't see a clear cut possibility for them to trade back. Yeah. I think that it would be a similar trade to when the Bucks and the bears flip spots several years back. The, the bears went up from 11 to nine to get Leonard Floyd and the Bucks picked Vernon Hargraves at 11. I think it would be a trade like that where it's just a t- somebody has to, and I forget who was picking 10th that year. It might've been the Giants and people were saying that they would have taken Leonard Floyd. So it might be a situation like that where a team really likes a guy and they just want to move up a few picks and Denver can get whoever they were going to get a few picks later. Like maybe let's, this is just hypothetical. Haven't heard anything about this, but let's say the San Francisco 49ers, really want a cornerback. They do have a need there. Let's say either Farley or Sertan is their guy, clear-cut number one corner on their board, and the Dallas Cowboys are planning on taking that guy. They could move up three picks, not give up much, and get the guy they really want, and, Bron- and the Broncos can move back three picks and get somebody at, at 12. So I think I think it's I, – I would be expecting a trade down. It's just are they going to find a partner? And it could be a, a small trade in that sort. It's just it's hard for me to see them picking Harris. I would do it. I, lo- I love Najee Harris. I would trade down a few picks and pick Najee Harris. I don't know if they'll do it. I think I think somebody like Rayshon Slater, especially if they, they move down maybe three picks, would, would definitely be a realistic option. Yeah, I think the cornerback option makes a lot of sense. I think if, if they do trade down, it would probably be a team, like you said, like the 49ers um, that, you know, finds out that the Cowboys have the same – cornerback one that they do um and 
to me, it would have to be a significant difference. If you have a 1A, 1B, I mean, I'm not sure I'd make that trade. But it, it is only three spots, so you're not really giving up much. So if, if they really feel strongly about their cornerback one and they they want to leapfrog um, the Cowboys, then that would make a lot of sense. But I don't really see many other options for um, trading up. Right now, we're still over a month away from the draft, so a lot of things can change. Absolutely. And I'm, Justin just said Bateman is the biggest sleeper at wide receiver. He might end up being the best. I 100% agree. I love Rashad Bateman. I can't wait to rewatch these wide receivers because for me right now, he is really right there with, with Chase and Smith, and I, and I can't wait to watch them. And I, I have a preliminary order of the three right now in my head, but I've got to go through a whole new round of, of watching tape of, of those three and, and other guys at every position to really solidify that. I absolutely love Rashad Bateman. I think if somebody were to take him in the teens, they'd be getting great value, and it seems like he'll absolutely be there. So I think I think a team should should definitely go for him there. Yeah, and I think and um, moving on to some other rumors, um, I know Micah Parsons was the guy that everybody kind of wrote in with Penn as a, a surefire top ten pick, and then um, he had those rumors come out um, about you know some some hazing and some some bullying in the locker room, and and then people said that he was going to start to drop. Um, there have been a few rumors that come out in in support of him s- still going top ten. Um, I know that Daniel Jeremiah um, said that he could be an option at seven for the Lions if they don't go wide receiver. Um, and I know some other people have said uh, that Parsons should be a, almost a lock for the, for the top ten. Who said that? Um, I, I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, I just know that I, I – well, Daniel Jeremiah said that he should be going top 10 and the Lions are an option, and I, I know someone else said it. I, I can't remember who said it off the top of my head. Well, let, let's say the Lions are comfortable with the, the character issues that, that he's been said to possess. If the, I think that would make even more sense for them to trade down then because he even if they think he has the talent to go seventh overall, which he does if they're, if they're comfortable with the, with the character – they they with so many teams taking him off their board they could trade back into the teens and still get him so maybe that maybe that would strengthen even more this potential patriots lions trade that that we've hypothesized about yeah i think parsons would be available at 15 i i mean i know daniel jeremiah said he should go top 10 other than the lines i don't see a spot for him yeah i agree i mean what about maybe, maybe were, the Broncos, were the Broncos said to take him off their board? Were the they Broncos one of those took teams? him off their board? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Patriots were one of them too. Well, people in, in Dallas have been calling for maybe a replacement for Van Der Esch or Jalen Smith. So I mean that could be an option. And the Dallas has that's been great. known to to deal with players with character issues in the past. So I, I could I could see that happening. Away. I could see that happening. I think it's it's probably either cornerback or or. Uh, or Micah Parsons, or uh, offensive line. Offensive I, line is one of those three. That's possible. <clears throat> so I, I think um, some an, another interesting rumor that um, Tony Pauline brought up was was that some some teams have J.C. Horn over um, Patrick Patrick Sertan um, on their cornerback board, and I, I think he said. Um, that he, at least one team had him as their their cornerback one, which to me is just doesn't really make any sense. I think Sertan and Farley are head and shoulders above um, Horn as a as a player, but I think to me that really shows that there's no 
obviously we don't have a consensus on our cornerback one, but around the league, I think people might say it's between Amsterdam and Farley, but Horn is definitely in that mix too. So I wouldn't be surprised seeing either one of those three cornerbacks be the first cornerback taken. Yeah, it just, it just takes one team that has Horn as the first guy on, on their cornerback chart to take him. I, I think it's some people love Horn and some people do have him as their cornerback one. So it, I don't think it's likely because I still think more teams are going to have Farley or Sertan, but it's, it's certainly possible that 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 Horn is a cornerback is the cornerback one on some boards, and that that team ends up taking him before I, any other cornerbacks are are taken. I just I wouldn't I would say it's still unlikely. Yeah, I, I, Charlie Campbell too mentioned that Sertan is has a wide range um, on people's yeah. boards too, um, and you know I I don't I don't see it in his game. I think he's really really solid. Um, I think he he's a, a top a top sixteen pick. Um, I would say in the, in the draft. And I mean, you know, I, sometimes I think, I think I know not know more than NFL teams, but sometimes I think that they, they can look into things too much. You mentioned this when, when we had our conversation about Farley and Sertan, it just, you know, he's, he's a great player. I, sometimes I just think people overthink it. Yeah. Make sure, make sure to go to our last Q and a session and, and check out our, almost debate between sorry, Farley and Sertan. I have Sertan as my CB1. You have Farley. We, we both love both of them, though, but there's definitely some over-analysis, I would say, of Patrick Sertan that, that leads people to, 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 to pick him apart when he's just, he's just a really good prospect. And, uh, I mean, I think, I think we've hit on all of the, the major interesting drafts recently. There's one more I want to talk about quickly. Yeah, so th this has regards to the, the edge rushers. Um, so – a lot of people don't think that it, um, the edge rushers will be taken very high. Um, so Albert Breer mentioned that Quiddy Pay is could be the first of the edge guys to go in the top fifteen. Um, and then I, I remember uh, Charlie Campbell said that Gregory Rousseau was the most overrated prospect in the media eyes. However, Daniel Jeremiah said that he thinks Rousseau will go top fifteen. So that was yeah. really really interesting to me to see. Charlie Campbell, who's been very reliable with rumors in the past, say that most teams are listing him as the most overrated prospect. Then you have Daniel Jeremiah, who's obviously very well connected and hits on a lot of rumors himself, saying that he thinks Rousseau will go top 15. Yeah, I, th I think it's because maybe maybe Charlie Campbell talked to talked six to teams. different teams. Yeah, he talked to six team sources who, who really uh, aren't big fans of Rousseau and Daniel Jeremiah talked to other teams who really like Rousseau. I know Jeremiah and, and Bucky Brooks have drawn a fit between Rousseau and the Giants at 11. I mean, they've really hammered that one. I just I just think that there might be somebody on the board available, maybe Devontae Smith, that that would be a, a better value for them. It, it will be interesting to see how the, how the edge rusher class fa falls together because I, I it's going to be impossible to predict. It's all up to each team's board. Each team's board is going to look different from the rest of the leagues and uh, it's there's there's really no way to predict the order. I think you just have to to keep your eye or eye out for any rumor connecting a, a specific one of them to a specific team. What do you think about Pitts to the Giants at eleven? Because I know um, Kuiper said that Pitts's floor was probably eleven to the Giants. This yeah. was before free agency, however, and they went and signed Kyle Rudolph. I don't think Kyle Rudolph by himself should change the Giants' mind on drafting Pitts or not. But then they also went out and signed Kenny, Kenny Galladay. So they signed two. Um, pass catchers in free agency. So to me, wh where does Pitts fall now? If if not the Giants at eleven, okay, that, I mean, because he's—I don't think he'll be there. I—I I don't think I, there's. I just I think he 
that, that think they're in love with him. And that's why Mel Kuyper said that. And that could still very well be true. I, but I think they made those moves in free agency because they don't expect him to be there. I think that he could go six to the Eagles or he goes, he could go seven to the Lions. That's I, where I have him seven in my mock draft, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's a mock draft. So I'm just hypothetically, you're, you're probably right. They probably don't expect him to be there at 11. Yeah. And just one last thing. How, what do you think they will be doing at 11 now that they did sign uh, Kenny Galladay and they signed Kyle Rudolph? If Devontae Smith is there, do you think they're taking him? I don't think they go wide receiver in the first round. Um, and and I, I made that in my mock draft. I made this. There were some some rumblings about them sending, signing Kenny Galladay when I put it up. Um, and I so I expected them to sign Galladay. And I, I, I have them drafting pay. Um, and I got a little a little blowback from that because, oh, they just signed Leonard Williams. I, I don't, But I don't think there's anyone else really on that defensive line besides Leonard Williams that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think Leonard Williams isn't a true um, edge rusher. Um, I think Pay would fit more of an edge rusher role. Um, he's not the kind of edge rusher that you know Jalen Phillips is, um, but he's still a better, a more of an edge rusher than Leonard Williams. Uh, so I could see um, maybe a pass rusher there uh, at eleven, or I mean an offensive lineman. It's kind of a Dave Gettleman thing to do. Yeah, it, it's it's just tough. It's tough to tell it was, who would be the the first edge rusher on their board. Yeah, I, I completely agree, um, and I. I think that really wraps up um, most of the, or pretty much all of the the big time rumors um, that we've been hearing over the past few weeks. Um, maybe just if I'm just gonna rattle off a few more. Um, Creed Humphrey to the Jets. That was a connection made by Tony Pauline, and maybe we could see that in the second round. Um, there's a 50-50 shot for Etn and Tony to fall out of the first round. That Kadarius Tony. Um, and then uh, Charlie Campbell saying that Nick Bolton is is a, a day two pick, not a day one pick, as many um, analysts have had him in their first round of their mock drafts. Yep. So, so that, I think that – go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. That about cool. wraps it up for us. Um, you know, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, if you ever have any questions about any rumors that we talked about, on here or that we put up in our bi-weekly uh, Sunday room report, feel free to ask them down in the comments of those questions, or you can um, send us a DM on Instagram. Uh, thanks to everyone that tuned in and watched, and uh, we'll be back next week.